Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies is a department at UAlbany that aims to explore the subjects of women and gender through the intersectional lens of race, class, sexuality, and nationality. Barbara Sutton, a professor and current chair of the department, explained what that means in practice. Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies uh, is an interdisciplinary field. It addresses uh, matters of power, inequality, injustice, it does it from the perspectives uh, of fields like you know, sociology, uh, philosophy, the arts, the humanities, history. Um, it really brings into the center of inquiry, you know, ways in which different groups of people, particularly women, LGBTQ communities have been uh, marginalized uh, and also the struggles to change things in society. It's a very rich uh, field of study. It it brings also a variety of uh, methods or lenses to to address uh, the problems, and it really addresses many of the critical um, issues of the day. When Judy Federley began as an English professor at the university in the early 70s, there was one woman's studies class. She's retired now, so we met in a local coffee shop. She told me how she and her colleagues at the time developed groundbreaking classes and grew into a full department. The first one we developed was called Perspectives on Women. And it was a great course. And it's it's really interesting to think about it now. This was a course in which we had feminist scholars from all the disciplines, you know, come in and talk about how sexism affected the form and content of their discipline. And it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. We had an art historian, we had a physicist, we had someone from history, we had someone from sociology, it really went across the disciplines. It was an absolutely essential introductory course. We're talking 1973, I think we, we did it in the... In the uh, I mean, it's hard to even imagine now how easy of a topic it was at that time, I'm sure, you well, know? Well, it was fascinating. The history of that course, you could say, registers the impact of feminist thinking because it was a way of really looking at the whole project of education, of research, of science, of the humanities. I mean, it was really shedding a light on how massively sexism had affected not just the content, but the way people went about understanding those disciplines. Mm. You know, I mean, science with its whole notion of objectivity, bullshit. I mean, it was so compromised by sexism in terms of what it was able to see and not see. You come into a thing with such a lens, and people who haven't been there don't realize what a lens it was. I mean, it was literally impossible to see any other way. And once you've got something that huge, people think it's objective because they don't see any other way. So it was a, it was a great place to start. The second course we developed was equally obvious in a sense. It was uh, classism, racism, and sexism. It was an example of what's now called intersectional thinking very early on in which we were very unique among early women's studies programs to look at class. We don't talk about class in this country because we don't have it, right? We're a classless society. Anybody can be anything. So classism, racism, sexism, how they intersected. So then the third course that we developed 
was called Introduction to Feminism, and this was where we followed a model from State University at Buffalo. They had a very vibrant uh, women's studies program, and they had developed a mode of teaching which involved faculty and students teaching together. And so we decided to, to adopt that pattern here. In the fall of 1976, I taught a course called Introduction to Feminism. And out of that course, we solicited students to volunteer to develop the course as something that could be taught by a combination of students and faculty the following year. And that is what started what is now called the Teaching Collective which has continued until this day. I think it's still still going on. And when I think of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students that have been through this course, you know, something that we started back in 1976, that's pretty amazing. And if you think that class has been taught at least once a year, sometimes we had as many as five or six sections of it. That's thousands of students that have come through that class and... Even more significant, the students that taught it, it changed them. I mean, I, I was so impressed how they took hold of developing the curriculum. I asked Professor Sutton what it means to say that the department is interdisciplinary and intersectional. One of the things that I love about you know, women's gender and sexuality studies is this freedom to look at a problem not constrained by the discipline and having to remain with, within those bounds. I see, you know, a problem and I see, you know, where are the tools that I need to address the, the problem? And it might not be just contained in a single discipline. I have been trained as a sociologist, which also, you know, has a variety of perspectives. And I was always, you know, perhaps interdisciplinary in the way that I, I practice uh, sociology. But I think that being in women's gender sexuality studies has expanded that. And it allows me also to think about different ways of kind of packaging the information to, you know, like just to think about different audiences, different modes of communicating that some in which I may not have expertise myself, but that requires that I then collaborate with colleagues in other places, uh, you know, in the university or outside the university, whether it is through art, whether it is through um, thinking uh, from the perspective of philosophy or thinking historically. I mean, the issue then is driven by, okay, so you have a problem and what tools, you know, from different uh, areas can help you best address it. So uh, that's something I really love about this field uh, of study, that that interdisciplinary aspect. And in terms of when we talk about intersectionality, um, it means too that we cannot think, for example, about the situation of women only in terms of uh, gender, that we need to think about gender as mutually constituted by other you know, vectors of, of difference and uh, inequality, whether it's uh, race or sexuality or class location. So um, these things come together in complex ways so that, you know, when we think about, you know, challenging uh, women's uh, subordination in certain areas or marginalizations, we need to think about these things together. We cannot just focus on gender. 
Professor Sutton outlined all the different fields and professions that WGSS students can end up in, highlighting some famous alumni such as the actress Aquafina and author Jessica Valenti. Also, she explained why it is important to maintain this department and others like it in the big picture. I think also one of the reasons institutions care about these matters in the first place is because, you know, departments or areas of study like women's gender sexuality studies have generated, you know, the research and the theory that that have brought these issues into public awareness. So that knowledge that is created by scholars, you know, in these areas need to be maintained and, and their future work nourished. For example, our university aspires to be the leading diverse public research uh, university. And, and so this requires a double move, one uh, that is that spans the, the university, but also one that is targeted. And the targeted part means sustaining departments that specifically um, center on diversity, inclusion, equity, and social uh, justice, and you know, thinking about the contributions in a holistic way. Back at the coffee shop, Judy Federley explained why everybody could use a little bit of this knowledge. I have a friend whose husband and brother, he said, they both say feminism saved my life. Feminism has made my life so much better. I said, oh, we wish they would write that book. I mean, that's what we need to hear. We need to hear from men that actually it's not the tragedy that, you know, is purported to be, but this way of being can actually be a lot better. That's not a story that's getting told. We're hearing all the things, the negatives about these changes and not for men and not enough about the positive. It'd be nice to get some more people writing about, you know, how it's good for men. Reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, this is Moses Nagel.